0: Welcome to episode 23 of the For the Love Data podcast. I'm your host, Robert Furr. Thanks for joining me on this final episode of 2017. And since we are counting down the uh, days and hours to the new year, we're going to take a few minutes this episode to look back at 2017 and compile a data digest of all of the meaningful things that happened from a data perspective over the past year. Uh, there's tons of things that we could talk about, but we're going to focus today on cryptocurrency because that's been a topic getting a lot of press, data breaches, which seem to happen uh, nearly endlessly day by day in 2017, world affairs, which is always a a topic of concern and something that impacts every one of us, and then other miscellaneous data tidbits. So there are a lot of other pieces of data news out there, but these are the ones that, looking back at... uh, all of the news that I've read and some of the things that other people are giving coverage to seemed uh, at the forefront of most people's minds. So you can always check out the show notes uh, at fortheloveofdata.com slash E23 for uh, for anything specific to this episode. Uh, I'll put links to uh, all the different stories, uh, some different graphs on cryptocurrencies and, and uh, things like that. So please give that a look and uh, drop a comment there if you have any questions. So the first thing I want to focus on that was uh, something that has gotten a lot more press recently, but has been uh, in the news a lot in 2017 was cryptocurrency. Uh, There's been a lot of coverage about blockchain, uh, what enterprises are trying to do with that, uh, what enterprises are doing with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as far as accepting them. Uh, or embracing them in some method to uh, continue to do their business or try to expand into new markets. Uh, One of the graphs that I have is a graph from Coindesk which shows the rise of Bitcoin and its dominance uh, hitting an all-time high on December 17th of this year where one Bitcoin was equal to $19,891. It started off the uh the year around thousand dollars and it's skyrocketed most recently it's been up in the thirteen to fourteen thousand dollar range and I actually bought some bitcoin for the first time uh last week to give as a gift to someone so I haven't dipped my toe into uh into trading it for uh trying to play the volatility and and, and make some quick gains but uh that's something that a lot of people are thinking about and If you're going to look into that, I have uh, placed some some notes out there, uh, just some FAQs on what cryptocurrency is, 16 things that you should know before diving in and and buying it, things about the volatility, what it is or isn't backed up by, the uh, low barriers to entry, and a couple of other things to note as I was looking at cryptocurrency that are really interesting is since the year began, the aggregate market capitalization of all cryptocurrencies combined has increased by more than 3,200% as of December 18th. Uh, Like I said, Bitcoin hit an all-time high. It's been the most well-established cryptocurrency and it's also been the highest traded one. Uh, You can see an interactive chart on the uh, the episode notes for this. Bitcoin makes up 54% of the aggregate $589 billion market cap of all cryptocurrencies and it's also been a big reason, uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, Uh, And the way that mining works and how it uses graphics card hardware has been one of the big reasons that NVIDIA and AMD have seen double-digit percentage surges in their sales recently. Uh, One other key reason that uh, Bitcoin valuations specifically have spiked is that uh, CBOE Global Markets uh, became the first uh, firm to introduce Bitcoin futures trading. They did that on December 10th and CME Group followed a week later. So that was really one signal for a lot of enterprises uh, to start entering the market and one of the reasons for the mo- the more recent valuation spike. There were a total of 612 new cryptocurrencies that began trading in 2017. And different sites report different numbers, but there's somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 cryptocurrencies being actively traded today. So if you look at that number, 612 out of about 1,500 or so, uh, is a huge chunk of that, a huge percentage that just started trading this year. So like I said, low barriers to entry, high volatility. Please uh, be mindful of that and, and look at that if you're uh, if you're an individual that's looking into investing in, in cryptocurrencies. And I would personally treat it as uh, a form of uh, fun gambling at this point. I wouldn't put anything into it that you're not willing to walk away from uh, as pure entertainment purposes, I also dug up a list of the top 12, uh, or excuse me, top 10 cryptocurrencies in 2017 as of yesterday, 12:29, according to BitInfoCharts.com. There's a different, uh, but very similar list from A to ZForex.com. I've got links to both of those. Uh, but top 10 uh, trading as of now is Bitcoin, Ripple, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, which is a fork from a few of the major Bitcoin miners and it's a uh, currency that purports to solve some of the uh, challenges and limitations of the original bitcoin Um, but one of the challenges with it is that only a handful of groups very large groups control um, the majority of the mining on that right now so you have to be mindful of that and how quickly it's risen to the value that it has Um, value wise it is uh, basically second to uh, bitcoin at this point Uh, then following that is litecoin iota Monero, Dash, Verge, and Icon rounding out the top 10. So you can take a look at the show notes. It's got the price as of uh, yesterday in US dollars, price in Bitcoin, uh, when it was first traded, and the exchange volume uh, in a 24-hour period. So cryptocurrency, it's been all over the map, getting a lot of press, um, was was a huge... Uh, uh, item in the news repeatedly this year, but something that overshadowed that even was data breaches. We had a number of tremendously disappointing and uh, impacting data breaches, the worst of which was uh, Equifax, uh, which occurred September 7th, 2017. This is where 143 million US consumers uh, credit information was affected. Um, their stock plunged nearly $4 billion in the aftermath of this breach. Uh, there was a little bit of diciness that came out as uh, it was discovered that the breach went unreported internally for, I believe it was approximately 13 days, and then it went unreported to the public for approximately six weeks. Lots of questions as to why. Um, even some questions about the, uh, the terms of their uh, their credit monitoring that came out afterwards available to the general public. I've got a link to their site. Be careful. Make sure you're going to this site and that it's legitimate. It's EquifaxSecurity2017.com. If you haven't visited that, I highly recommend that you do. You can go see if you were affected by the breach, and you can sign up for uh, free credit monitoring. uh, And also, you have the ability to place locks on your credit with the three major bureaus. It's probably the safest thing that you can do if you don't plan on making any major purchases anytime soon. It would be better to lock yourself down so that if your data was involved in a breach it makes it that much harder for someone to be able to uh, do something illicit with your information. So that was hundred and forty three million in terms of numbers there were some others that were higher um, but probably not nearly as impactful based on the amount of information that was uh, was taken. Uh, but a close second is the Republican Republican National Convention voter list. This was a list of nearly every registered voter, about 200 million Americans, that was left exposed unintentionally on a AWS uh, server and uh was taken and there was a lot of contact information on this voting uh records as well as uh projected uh, uh political affiliations and things like that that the uh the consulting firm that had been working with the RNC had, had had done um so you can go out there and you can you can actually take a look at some of the information that was a, that was part of that breach uh, and then the third one is not something that actually happened this year, but it was a uh, increase in the number of affected accounts, and that was Yahoo. Back in 2013, Yahoo had a large breach, but this year they came out and said that the actual number of accounts was three billion, rather than the one billion that was previously uh, expected. So, if you have uh, an account with Yahoo! It's highly recommended that you change your password on that. And if you had any shared accounts with or shared credentials um, that, that shared that, that you make sure and change those as well. Another one that hit the news um pretty heavily, but was a little bit smaller than the others that we've talked about so far, is Uber. Uber had 57 million uh of their customers as well as about 2,000 of their drivers, uh, or maybe 20,000, I can't remember the exact number, but. A lot of their user accounts and some of their drivers had valuable information that a hacker was able to uncover, and Uber, unfortunately, paid this person to keep the breach private. And that came out in the news after the initial revelation. Uh, The primary information that was lost on the 57 million user accounts was basically name and email address. Drivers had their uh, their driver's license information exposed as well, so a little bit worse for them, um, but not quite as many people in terms of numbers. And then rounding out the top five on this is a list of 560 million passwords, uh, credentials that were compiled into one database of breaches from at least 10 different services, and it was found on the dark web. And so this was a, uh, a list of... Compiled credentials that people could access and use for whatever nefarious schemes that that they have. Oftentimes, there are a lot of duplicates in these lists, and the same uh, the the same credentials from multiple breaches could be uh, found. So, 560 million might be a little bit higher than the actual number of unique records, but it's still a massive uh, data store of information on a large number of people and it was available to where almost anyone could access it that wanted it. Uh, so with all of these breaches, again huge numbers, uh, data breaches are sort of becoming a way of life so you need to do all of the, uh, all of the things that people have recommended uh, to keep yourself secure. Use two-factor authentication wherever it's available and if you have questions on that please hit me up and I can tell you uh, some of my personal experiences and some of the things that I use that on. Um, try to make your passwords unique and uh, long enough that they can't be brute forced and a couple of services that are pretty interesting um, that I would recommend that you check out is a site called Have I Been Pawned or Have I Been Owned Uh, and I've got a link to that. That's a place where you can put in your contact information and it can tell you like your email address and it will tell you Um, whether that email address has been uh, involved in in any breaches and then one that's even more uh, detailed uh, they've got a free offering for individuals is SpyCloud so with SpyCloud you can create a free account on there you can list uh, email addresses that belong to you they will ask you to verify that through a verification email and then they will show you where they have found credentials for that account so you can see uh, you know if you put in an email address you can see if it was involved in a data breach from LinkedIn and from Yahoo and from MySpace and from some of these compiled uh databases of multiple breaches like the 560 million passwords there was another one that was actually 1.4 billion uh, most of which were already in SpyCloud's uh credential uh library before that that massive catalog came out uh, and it will alert you when new breaches occur that have information from one of the accounts that, uh, that that you've signed up for monitoring. I believe SpyCloud's limited to about five accounts, so no affiliation with SpyCloud, but I, uh, I use their service and I've found it very interesting and helpful. So please go and check that out. And moving from data breaches to something that uh, impacts all of us on a day-to-day basis is World Affairs. Uh, The World Bank has a fascinating article with 12 beautiful charts covering everything from food assistance to climate change to education, nutrition, elections, energy, and a tribute to Hans Rosling, who made us see the world in new ways with breathtaking visualizations with Gapminder and bubble charts. If you haven't seen uh, his wonderful TED video, I've got a link to it in uh, the show notes, but It is truly eye-opening, not only from what it means uh, for the world and how data can help you understand things about our history and about our culture and about how we as humans live and work together, uh, but also how you tell a story with beautiful data visualizations and humor. It's really great. I highly recommend that you you take a look at that. Uh, Jumping into a few of the charts, available in the World Bank Bank article. Uh, There is some information talking about how 76 million people need uh, emergency food assistance in 2018. That's the projection which is uh, pretty close to the high of 83 million uh, that needed it this year. Um, The amount of carbon uh, CO2 emissions that we uh, are emitting is unprecedented and you can see the growth of that over time. Uh, you can see the number of natural disasters that have been reported and that's been skyrocketing it's been on a steep uphill climb since 1980 um, and a little bit of a down downward trend uh, more recently but it's still much much higher than historical averages Uh, some information about learning and how more schooling is associated with higher wages you get a a lot of information based on geographic region from sub-saharan Africa to Latin America East Asia and you can see how What the impact is of an additional year of schooling uh, for the number of wages that people are, are uh, able to, uh, to earn. And then uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, but just everything. Gorgeous visualizations about um, population aging and how that's impacting us over time and in regions. Um, what species of animals are being threatened, and even some information on uh, elections and voter turnout and how uh, how many elections are deemed to be free and fair and, and what voter turnout is over time. And lastly, I, uh, I do want to hit one thing. Uh, it even has some encouraging notes about how much easier it's becoming to start a business. So across the board, uh, in every geographic area in the world, it's be, it's becoming faster to start a new business, and today the average time taken to start a smaller, medium business is 20 days worldwide compared with 52 days in, in 2003. So if you've got an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, it's definitely the right time to go out and, and stake your claim and, and try to look into that. So those were the three big areas that I wanted to hit, cryptocurrency, data breaches, and world affairs. There are a few other uh, data tidbits that I want to make sure and highlight. Um, one of these is the, uh, the most popular Instagram post, um, which was a post by Beyonce and that was uh, announcing her uh, pregnancy with uh, twins. And that was uh, liked by over 11 million people on Instagram. No look back at 2017 would be complete without checking in on the Twitter sphere and seeing what the most retweeted uh tweet of the year was. It was actually from a person named Carter Wilkerson who asked Wendy's how many retweets it would take for him to earn a year of free chicken nuggets. Wendy said 18 million. He tried his hardest. He only got 3.6 million which wasn't enough for the free chicken nuggets but it was more than any other tweet that was retweeted uh, in 2017. Looking at the rest of the top 10 list, uh, President Obama, former President Obama, had uh, three posts in the top 10, including one that was the most liked of 2017. Uh, So you can check out a link to that from a U.S. news report that I've got on the show notes. Uh, and then outside of that, there were a bunch of key acquisitions. One that I want to mention is Oracle by an AP management firm, Apiary. Uh, be on the lookout for how that evolves the tool and what it means for Oracle. Uh, another key aspect that I haven't gone into detail here on the podcast, but I'm actually working quite a bit with in my uh, my day-to-day job is robotic process automation, RPA. Um, we saw continued growth and implementations of that in 2017. I would expect more of that in 2018, more uh, departments to, uh, to get on the bandwagon of that. There's a lot of use cases from payroll uh, to risk and compliance to uh, data investigation uh, and, and even just uh, normal automated, uh, normal data entry or call center type things that can be uh, very routine and can be uh, crafted into a uh, into a robot or a task. So if you have questions about that, it's something that I'm getting more and more passionate about. I may do a, a podcast on that if someone's got an interesting take on it or would like to hear more. Uh, and then another one that uh, is not directly impacting uh, the data world on a day-to-day basis, but it underlies uh, some of our solutions and I think it will become more key in 2018, is Kubernetes. Uh, this is becoming a de facto standard for container management, and it was upgraded to adopt uh, by Tech Radar this year. I expect uh, that to continue gaining steam and start influencing data solutions more in 2018. So, if you are a data junkie and you haven't heard of Kubernetes, I would highly suggest that you learn a little bit about it and uh, and be prepared for it uh, to be, become part of the IT landscape that uh, that you might be working with over the next year or two. So that is going to wrap it up for uh, this episode and actually this year in For the Love of Data. I want to take a moment to thank everybody that's been listening uh, this year and has joined the podcast. I really appreciate uh, you joining me on uh, on these deluges into uh, different data topics. I am excited about what 2018 holds for uh, this podcast as well as uh, for all of us personally and professionally. So please... Uh, I encourage you to go out to ForTheLoveOfData.com and check out this episode and all the other episodes. Uh, Leave any comments that you have. Uh, Please give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, You can definitely tweet at me. I'm at LoveOfData or at Robert Furr on Twitter. Uh, And if you have anything that you would like to talk about, uh, or a topic that you'd like me to do a deep dive on, please let me know that in your comments. And have a safe, happy, and healthy New Year's with your friends and family. And we'll see you uh, next year in 2018. We're going to let Old Link Sign" take us out just like it brought us in, uh, a version from the Free Music Archive. Until next time, this is Robert Furr signing off. Happy New Year. Paddle in the stream from morning till we dine. The seas between us brought abroad since old long zine. Here is a hand, my trusty friend, gimme a hand of yours. I'll take a good old drink and toast for old long ago. old acquaintance be forgotten.